we belong together. And you know I'm right. Why do you play with my heart? Why do you play with my mind? You said we'd be forever. Said it'd never die. How could you love me and leave me and never say goodbye? When I can't sleep at night without holding you tight? Girl, each time I try, I just break down and cry. Pain in my head, I'd rather be dead. Spinning around and around. And although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Oh, yeah. Well, gosh, I've been singing that all morning. I got to be honest with you. That's... You know, what's weird is that was in my head as well. Really? It really, I, I swear to God. Yeah. And I almost tweeted, like, I have uh, Boys <laughs> to Men in my head and I blame Anthony John Agnello. Yep. As yeah. I do with most things, honestly. <laughs> this is this is evidence of our, our legit psychic connection. It's true. It's true. It's absolutely uh, true. I honestly yeah, thought I'm, that you were going to snarl out Sid Vicious's <laughs> cover of Frank Sinatra's My Way <laughs> as our finale. That's not a slow jam. That's not a slow yeah, jam. It's oh, got to be a slow jam. Yeah, dude. man. Well, you can, well, Frank Sinatra's version's a slow jam. It's well, not a mm, jam. Yeah, that's no, yeah. It's not slow. slow. But, but it's, it's but, slow. No. It's yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna ride this train out, it's got to be one last '90s slow jam. And yes, everybody, uh, this is Radio Radar episode seventy-seven, and this is the last episode of this incarnation of this podcast. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor, and I will no longer be with Games Radar as of the end of this week. I'm ending my two-year tenure with the company uh as is executive editor susan arndt who is on the podcast indeed i am i am here with my brother mr anthony and uh sadly we must leave you at the end of this week we have greatly appreciated the opportunity to entertain y'all and uh talk about games and stuff and uh and we're gonna miss you yeah and i i think susan you know this this is an, uh, an abrupt ending but I think that uh, the things that we came in wanting to do, we got to we got to see them realized with the resources we had available. I agree. I do. I completely agree. I'm really. Uh, I mean, it's always sad when when you have to leave. Uh, but I really, I'm really proud of the stuff we've done here over the past two years. Some of it was completely ridiculous. And <laughs> most of it was completely. Mo- okay, ridiculous. most of it, if we're being honest, was completely ridiculous. But you know, I'm I'm really really very proud and i loved getting the opportunity to work with with everybody on the team who are awesome yes yeah i i could not i could not have been more honored to work with this crew especially the man who if radio radar comes back in the year 2017 in any way shape or form the person who will make that happen if it happens is uh the man who is still Staff Roberts for <laughs> GamesRadar.com. Uh, he is not leaving at the end of this week. No, no, he is I'll staff. Ro- he's he's Staff Roberts until the end of days. Uh, it is Staff Roberts, <laughs> Dave Roberts. Oh, uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on me. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could fill in that. I the, those shoes. The, the, the I can't. I, I don't have the pipes <laughs> that you do 
to to do the slow jams but uh i don't know i will i will do my darndest it's all enthusiasm all 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 a slow jam needs is love in your heart that's That's true like i mean let's let's just anthony's singing is questionable it's 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 enthusiastic but susan knows that there are only two songs on this earth that i actually like my real singing voice comes out if i'm singing uh head over heels by tears for fears and believe by share and that is it. <laughs> Those are the only songs. If anybody is ever at E3 or PAX and you see me and you ask me to sing those, I'll use my real singing voice instead of the slow jam voice. I don't know. I, I heard you do it some Morrissey on our on our stream. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That Morrissey voice is not my real voice. <laughs> Morrissey voice is not. Now my heart is full. God, I love Morrissey voice. Morrissey voice is one of life's great treasures. It's um, so good. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even everybody know that was a thing. I feel like I've, oh, it's I've totally. missed out so much. Yeah, it's uh, everybody's got a Morrissey voice. But the only way it? that you could do it properly is by holding a rose petal, yeah, <laughs> and like slightly, and... not not entirely, but slightly touching yourself in a very suggestive way. Yes, it's the only way to do yeah. it. Well, like, oh, I thought all Morrissey I had to do voice. was be vegan and and not show up for gigs. Yeah, that, that yeah, too. don't show up That's for a gigs. Good one too. Just... And like pick dumb the dumbest battles. Like die on the stupidest hills. <laughs> die on the stupidest hills and like maybe be racist in interviews. Yes. Well, there what? You go. Really? I, oh, he yeah. he said oh. some stuff. But like selectively. Like there's no there's no predicting Morrissey. Well no. No. That's a fool's he, errand. He's just the kind of guy you're just like just stop talking. Just stop. <laughs> just, just sing just, the song. Yeah. Which he won't even do. Half the time, because he does. Half the time. Yeah, like I, you know, what would be awesome. Like him and Axl Rose getting together to make like a cover, like an Oasis cover band. Oh my god, I would listen to that forever. Right. That I would, be, would just listen yeah. to them duetting Wonderwall <laughs> for fucking ever. That's all I would listen to <laughs> forever in, in all of my days. Uh, so yeah, everybody, we're we're sorry. Uh, we're sorry to leave you. Uh, when when you demand more, uh, but rest assured that we will not be missing from your lives. We will be out there. We will be available. Uh, and if you would like to hear what Susan and I are up to next, follow us both on Twitter. If you do not already, uh, I am at a John Agnello. That's a J O H N A G N E L L O. And Susan is at Susan Art. That's at S-U-S-A-N-A-R-E-N-D-T. Uh, you hear that, guys? I can enunciate when I want to. No, that was good. Happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. also, it I was, can, I was straight up wondering if you knew how to spell my last name, so I'm impressed. Oh, yeah, I, I know things. Me I too. also know at a core level, Susan, that you don't buy the NES Classic. You don't do it. No. no. Because it's spiritually wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying Staff Roberts, like, broke a law of nature, but he almost broke I almost the law did. of nature. Yeah. So, <laughs> <You> almost. <laughs> okay. Do you want to read people the exact text text exchange we had last night? Oh my god, okay. Do, do you want, it, it goes, uh, we'll have to do the podcast a little later because I'm gonna buy an NES classic. Don't judge me. You're judging me. And I, he was right. You were I, right. I, I, I was judge you. Yeah. But I didn't. I, okay, good. <laughs> because I was like, 
Like, I, I, I looked over my wife, who was, like, about to fall asleep. I was like, tell me I don't need to buy a stupid Nintendo box. She's like, you don't need to buy a stupid Nintendo box. She's like, you're right. I don't. And then I slept until, like, 8.30, and it was great. Yeah. See? Um, that, that, yes. That is correct. Here's my... Okay. I will say the one thing that does not annoy me about this entire NES Classic bullshit, mm-hmm. at least the box itself was inexpensive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, it was not, like, you know, ridiculous to get, and there's only five of them in the entire world, and it's $250. You know, if you right. could, if you did manage to find one, it was a very, for what you get, is very, very reasonably priced. And a high-quality and, high, and a high-quality, although the, the, the cord is, like, not so, yeah, but the, whatever. The controller, the controller yeah. cord is super sm- short, but... As far as like the emulation goes, oh, yeah. Gorgeous. it is yeah. very, very good. It's very, very pretty. It's not like, so last fall, the people, I can't even remember the name. It's like Action First or Play First or something. The guys that now make the Atari flashback game, uh, game systems rather than Atari themselves are also the ones that make the Genesis clone systems. And for to combat the NES Classic, they put out, like, a new model of their Genesis clone, mm-hmm. and it's, like, 80 games. And, yeah, there are 80 games, and it's this amazing tour through classic Sega Genesis stuff. Uh, and that's literally almost three times as many games on the NES Classic, and they all play and look like shit. Oh, Like, yeah. So the NES Classic was... Uh, Good for what it was. Yeah. But but Dave, like why? Like this morning, you 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 pulled back. Yeah. You didn't do it. Well, okay. So uh, they they announced like I think it was like last week or the week before that it's like oh this thing that everybody seems to want that we either knew that everyone wanted and just didn't make enough or totally like underestimated demand for this thing. Uh, rather than making more of them, they've decided to cancel production. Now, I have a couple theories uh, as to why this is. Uh, part of One reason, I think, is because it's really easy to hack and put your own games on there, so maybe they wanted to close that loophole. No. To maybe they have... Like, there are the rumors that are coming out that they're making an SNES classic, so maybe there's some kind of new device coming out that's going to... I don't know, replace this one. I don't know. Point is, they're not making anymore. So I was like, okay, well, there's the last shipment at the end of April. If I want this, uh, I'll keep an eye out for for the reship, the 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 restocking. And uh, like, it was mostly for my kids. Like, my daughter Mm. is, uh, Mm. she's eight. My son is gonna be, uh, he's gonna be, God, three. Holy crap. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so they're, they're getting, like, it was a thing that they could play without messing with the expensive hardware, you know? Yeah. Like, they could play Mario, they could play Final, you know, they could play all these yeah. things, they could play Castlevania, they could play Mega Man on this little dinky thing, not get into any eShop, not get into any, mm. like, not accidentally spend all my money on the eShop, no, which my son <laughs> did once. He accidentally bought Overwatch for me last year. No! Uh, wait got, a minute. Dude, wait, hold back. on. Hold on. What? I thought you bought yourself Overwatch, sir. No. No, 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 no. Oh. No, he, he turned on my PlayStation uh, with the TV off, hit a couple buttons, and suddenly I looked at my account and was like, why is there a $60 charge for Overwatch? Oh, no! <laughs> uh, so, Man! Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, that that was the thing. It was like, this was going to be a little thing that they could just 
they could just have. They could play with it, and it would be theirs, and they could, like, you know, like, check out the games that I played when I was a kid without messing with Dave, my $80 Joy-Cons and my $300 hmm. Switch, and, like, that's great. I'm not waiting in line for four hours in the freezing rain and cold for an opportunity to, to do that. Like, I've done Dave, that I before, don't, and it's not fun. I don't, I don't want to, like, before we get too distant from this, I don't want to cast aspersions, but are you sure that your son isn't just secretly a Reaper, bro? And that's why he bought Overwatch? Look. <laughs> he, I don't want to. <laughs> I, look, I want him to become the person that he wants to be. I don't want okay. to cast judgments on him. We all go right. through phases. Uh, sure. And right now, he's, like, really into corn. It's weird. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know where he got it from. It's all right. See, here's the thing. Like, you just, it's, it, kids crave attention. Yes. Even negative attention. Sure. Right? <laughs> so, it's, when it starts going towards Lincoln Park, you're, you're going to require some inner strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Say your serenity power, prayer. Yeah. Power through. He's and, gonna, and, he, and go watch Bill Nye on Netflix. He's going to show up one day and he's going to be wearing like Juggalo face paint. And I'm going to be like, I, you, are, you are my son still. And I love you. Um, no judgments so against Juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want them to have access to these. Yeah. Things, uh, and like, it was like, it was 30 games. They were all pretty solid. They're all games that I would probably end up buying on an any like on my Switch if slash when they get the virtual console sorted out there anyway. So it was like this was a neat little thing to have. And then it's just like, no, like no, I'm not gonna jump through Nintendo's dumb hoops. It's for the a amiibo dumb, all over again. For a dumb ROM box. Yeah. Like hey, at least this has like inherent value. Like you can do something with this compared to the amiibo. Uh, but <laughs> Like, if I really wanted this, I could spend $100, build a Raspberry Pi, and have every game that Nintendo yeah. has ever made and more. Yep. And like that, and that's the thing, like, uh, uh, someone tweeted out about how easy it was to go into a sp- store and buy a movie for $5. And I'm like, boy, I wish it was that easy to buy old games like that. And I know mm-hmm. I've, like, tooted this horn often on this podcast but it's just it sucks that it's so hard to buy old games so well, legally. well it, it, yeah, it, it depends yeah on it the game yeah no for to sure buy certain old games like god because if you if you would like a copy of super mario anything mm-hmm. yeah no problem <laughs> Name name the device that has come out since 1998, and Mar- Super Mario Brothers one and three are on it. I'm pretty sure I can play way. it on my electric toothbrush. Right. So I, you know, the funny thing is, is there there has been a lot of, you know, the, the big speculation is like, oh well, next year there's going to be an SNES classic, and I honestly, I, I this is one of those situations where we don't have any inside dirt. But if I want to, like, play dumb video game Mountain Shaman and check out, like, the fucking tea leaves that we have available and look at everything that Iwata said about their plans for digital services before he passed in 2015 and everything that uh, Kawashima has said since taking over Nintendo, uh, they are very interested in sort of creating a future-proofed digital service 
they're th- this is why the virtual console stuff was such a goddamn mess on Wii U and 3DS is that they sort of woke up to the fact that these were transitional uh, devices mm-hmm. and they were they needed something more permanent. And so I think we're going to see two things happen. We already know, they have already told us that your Nintendo account subscription, whatever that ends up being called, is going to include PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold uh, style uh, game perks, wherein you will get a classic Super Nintendo or NES game with online multiplayer built into it and other new features. Cool. So we know that they are taking seriously the Switch virtual console ecosystem. I think that because of their statements about... Have you guys heard this after Fire Emblem? Uh, the, The iOS one came out in a couple of months ago. They said, oh, it's been very successful for us, but we don't prefer this business model. Mm. We prefer the Super Mario Run business model. Even though that those sales trickled off, they still want to be selling software individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that we will also see Virtual Console supported uh, in a traditional way to supplement the subscription stuff. So it's not going to be purely a Netflix-style thing. But on top of this, I think that the NES Classic has stopped production, not because a Super Nintendo Classic is coming out next year, but because whatever is going to succeed this is going to come out either this fall or in the spring. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. My guess is $99. And it is going to have pre-installed games, and it is going to have access to a store. That is what is coming for this Classic line. Because Nintendo, like, they're not stupid about making money, right? They're stupid about how they go about making money. <laughs> they're really fucking stupid about how they're making money, but they they actually like are like, oh, let's do a thing that will earn us a lot of cash. And I think that watching the secondary market for the NES Classic explode is like, oh, we could have been charging way more for this. And we could use that to keep revenue coming in. And it sounds like, you know, based on what they have said about their other digital services, we could go in that direction and this classic box won't cannibalize the Switch. The Switch will be the main attraction and the classic thing will be how you get that uh, casual person who's in Bed Bath & Beyond and not going to drop $300 $300 on a console, $70 on an extra controller, and such and such amount of money on X new game every single month. Right. <clears throat> they just what want do you a think Mario about box. And, yeah. and I think that like Nintendo is also pretty smart in not pursuing mobile as an avenue for that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like as much as everyone says, "Oh, just put Mario on iPhone; it'll sell King." Nobody wants that. Nobody actually like. They'll. The, it's the kind of thing that you would play for like a couple minutes and go, "Boy, this isn't fun because there's no buttons," and then yeah. never touch again. And then <clears throat> Nintendo has to keep updating it; otherwise, that game disappears. And dude, you you already really said it. Is you were like, if I really wanted this thing for my kids, then I could just go build a Raspberry Pi. Like spoiler warning, everybody. The people who actually want a Super Mario Brothers or Contra or Mega Man or whatever NES game on their phone, they already have it in there on their Android phone. They have an emulator. 
They have the Hacksword ROMs and surprise, that's already done. Susan, are you into this idea of a $99 Nintendo box, uh, a virtual console box, sort of like the Wii Mini that didn't have a disk drive in it? Uh, if, if, if I can play Super Nintendo games on it, because here's the thing, like when a lot of classic Super Nintendo games got ported to the Game Boy Advance, right? And that was awesome. And it worked beautifully, but then the the DS moved away from having cartridge access- accessibility. Mm-hmm. The DS Fat had it, but then the you know when it went to the DS Lite and the 3DS, it no longer did. Oh, DS Lite had it. It was the DSi that did away with it. The oh, DS that's right. Lite, that's right. That's right. The yeah, DS yeah, yeah, yeah. Lite sucked because it had that. <laughs> it poked out. It had that cartridge yeah. skin tag dangler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, once when uh, when I went to the XL versions. Mm, uh, yeah. Which which were, which are great for great. me because like I can't play on those dinky little DSs anymore. They're just too tiny for me. Um, so I mean I still have my Super Nintendo. I still have my box of Super Nintendo games, all the ones you know uh, I saved from the fire. But I you know I would have to go to the business of hooking it up to a TV, and and that's going to be a bit of a thing. So give me an opportunity to play the original. Mm-hmm. Super Nintendo games that I want to play happily I will give you 99 bucks and then the ability to give you more bucks to to get whatever games suit my fancy yes yes all oh, day yeah. yeah and I I think I mean I, like honestly would it I, I again I I'm not I don't sit there looking at a spreadsheet and saying like here is the cost benefit analysis for all of these boxes that I'm going to have to manufacture ship and then put inside of stores. But at the exact same time, I can't imagine it would increase the cost of production on a, you know, virtual, uh, like an NES classic successor so that it had Wi-Fi capabilities. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) how, because the software already accommodates expansion. You know, uh, all the people who hacked the NES Classic, you can shove 800 games into that machine <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you want. And not only that, the interface still works. It's not like if you hack your NES Classic, you have some sort of, like, ridiculous 420-themed uh, menu screen now because it's the Hacksaws. It, mm. it is the same thing. The same thing just expands. So the OS, the the operating system in this machine, already is built for expansion. They just didn't allow it this time. So, yeah, the the evidence seems to point towards something else. Yeah. Then again, it is Nintendo. We could be completely wrong, and Virtual Boy Two could be announced instead, <laughs> and it purely uses Please UMDs. Understand. It's uh, UMD only, like the PSP. And Nintendo now owns the last UMD press. Oh, God, UMD. <laughs> Jesus. You know... There's I, one left. There's one plant left still I, making UMDs. I am that asshole that liked UMDs. <laughs> I, I thought they were fine. I just, no, they weren't. They're terrible. They're a terrible media f- platform. They're, it's awful. But they looked like... Okay. The future? Yeah, they looked like the future. Exactly. So when, so yeah. when I was a kid... Uh, Shows like Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica envisioned the future, but they didn't have a whole lot of technological advancement to base these visions of the future on. So everything 
was kind of sort of futuristic, but right. also looked like something you could get at the store. Yeah. And so UMDs for me like have that that 80s sci-fi feel to me. And that's why I love them. The future Season. of 1985. Exactly. <laughs> not to... I swear to God, Dave and I need an acronym not to bring up the scene with DuJour in the Matrix again. But <laughs> oh my God. Not to bring up the scene with DuJour again. But when that dumb guy shows up and Keanu Reeves hands him his illicit software on some tiny little mini like a, disc, yeah, mini that, disc is, that has never been used for any device in the world. It basically did look like a UMD just 60 years early. Yeah. It looks like he's like, yeah, dog, here's your copy of uh, Patapon 2. Here's your copy <laughs> of Triple X State of the Union. Here's your, here's your <sighs> Spider-Man 2 uh, <laughs> UMD, launch UMD with your PSP bundle. Uh, yeah, man, I like. I don't. I think you made the right call not getting this thing. Not just because uh, screw you, Nintendo, but because in a year you're going to have to fight <laughs> to get. You're gonna have to fight to get whatever the next box is because God knows that will be in scarce supply again. Yeah, I mean, but it like, will be a better device. Yeah, and I mean, like, I I'm okay with like if I get a tweet from like like Warrior sixty four blast a thing say go here buy it off of Amazon like that's fine like I don't sure. have to rush through lines or anything it's just go thing do a thing respond fast enough and you're done uh, I'm just I'm beyond the point where I'm gonna wait in line for four hours. Just yeah. for a chance to maybe buy a thing that Nintendo <clears throat> deigns to have like five of. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that to, again. No. Screw you, Nintendo. To, to, to hell with that Nintendo. <laughs> uh, to hell sucks to your ass, Martin. Nintendo. <laughs> and if you all know what I'm talking about, uh, you the, the most are relevant good. high school books. You guys are you guys are reading the classics. Uh, Susan, you have actually been playing a video game. That is not a conceptual video game. Uh, it is one that we have talked about before on this show. It's one that we've been excited about for a very long time. And the good news is is that it is very good. Yes. Uh, it is uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. And it is it is not actually what I expected, despite having hmm. followed this game uh, for the past two years and played two different... I guess we'll call them chapters. Basically, hmm. each... Uh, you play as Edith, and you're returning home. You haven't been home for seven years. And you're trying to find out what really happened to your family members. This None of this is spoilers, by the way. I'm not going to spoil anything about the game. This is all very, very much evident in the first, you know, perhaps minute and a half. You, everybody, you are the, the last surviving Finch. But you don't really know what happened to everybody because your mom wouldn't talk about it. She, she didn't like talking about the past. So you're, you're going through your uh, house, room by room, and each room is about a different member of your family. And so I guess each, call it a chapter. It's not divided that way, but that's the easiest way to refer to it, like stories. Uh, I've played, I played two of them uh, beforehand, and they had convinced me that this game was going to be weird and surreal and kind of menacing and maybe a little horror tinged and it is none of those things wow really yeah really yes now that is not what i expected you to say at all yeah yeah it is 
perhaps the most emotionally profound game I have ever played. Wow. Uh, it's okay. So we've talked before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the the podcast or not. But uh, people people enjoy sad movies and sad books and 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 sad songs. I'm raising my hand right now. You can't see it because it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. No. Gonna... Like you're. You love that shit. Yeah. Uh, I av- typically avoid that kind of media because uh, I, I have plenty of sadness in my life already. Thank you very much. And <laughs> I, I need my entertainment to balance those scales. And Edith Finch is a very sad game. There's no question that it is a very sad game. And I feel better for having experienced it. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Now, yeah. That's, that's crazy because, Susan, you... We talk a lot about like the dark, the dark stuff mm-hmm. uh, that Dave and I tend to enjoy, and you always say like, "Yeah, fine, whatever, you can have it," because I don't want to play that and yeah. feel, like feel like killing myself. Well, like yeah, like uh, right. <laughs> last month I was talking about Night in the Woods. You're like, "How is that? F- how is that fun?" Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yeah. It sounds like you found the the one for you. Yeah, it's it is. First of all, I mean, just on a on a practical level. Visually, the game is a marvel. I mean, it's stunning. And this house is a character. It's so... It's, 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 I don't even know how they pulled this off, but it's a house with secret passages and, and, and the rooms are all... To say they're themed, they, they, they evoke the personality of the person who lived... Because it, it's bedrooms, uh, the person who slept there. But it feels all normal. It feels completely normal. It feels like someone's house, a house where a family lived. Like as you're walking through it, even though you're reading stories about how people died and you're crawling through secret passages and stuff like that, it all feels completely authentic. Wow. And it's it's and that and a lot of that has to do with the attention to detail that Giant Sparrow has put into this environment. It's there isn't stuff in the house just to fill the room. There's no copy pasting happening. Everything has purpose, whether you end up looking at it or not. Even if that purpose is just to imply someone was eating dinner here. Wow. Man, I see now knowing your history with games, Susan, mm-hmm. uh, a game that you respect but didn't necessarily connect with yes was gone home correct uh and we've had a lot of interesting conversations about that game over the years but something that you've always said to me is i connected with that game in a real way because its house very much reflected sort of my youth Mm-hmm. That was like, you know, I, I was a teenager in, in 1995, so that respected my teen years, whereas it didn't reflect yours, and right. that you sort of felt like that house felt very artificial to you. Yes. So I'm curious, what does the house in What Remains of Edith Finch do that's different from that game that sort of gives it that air of authenticity that you're describing? So, okay, I had the benefit of... Unlike a lot of people, I never moved house for oh. my entire life. The pe- the house my bar- my parents bought after they got married, my mother lived in until, I think, three years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's very unusual, I know. Very, yeah. Uh, but when 
when you when that happens, the house gains. I don't even know how to put it. Like a a, a certain weight. Ga- ga- I, I yeah. I always think about it as my godmother was in her house from I want to say nineteen forty seven until basically until all of its inhabitants died Mm -hmm. in 2010 so like the only way i could ever describe that house is that it had weight yeah like like the light felt like it weighed something exactly it i mean it all felt like there was that you would even if we updated the the wallpaper or the paint or the carpet or the furniture or the whatever there was still energy from the entire time we had lived there from the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s it was all there and that's very much true of the finch house as well like sam's room doesn't look like barbara's room doesn't look like uh edie's room but the house as a whole has that feeling of a family has been one family has been living in it since the thing was built and it just has that uh, that providence, that that you know that history imbued in it, and that for that's what for me makes it feel genuine. When a family, when one family lives in a in a space for a long time, their their personality, their bonds, their history just kind of seeps into every single corner of it, hmm. and that's what you get in the Finch House. Man, I, it's so like that's such a hard thing to manufacture too. Because you, I, I, I always think, like the audience can always smell a fake. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can always smell a fake, and I, I, that's something that sort of. Uh, <laughs> I love Resident Evil Seven. Resident Evil Seven yes. is a wonderful game. Yes. But Resident Evil Seven is just the most magical haunted house in the world. It yes. Feels every single inch of it as though it is mimicking those little tweaks of being a family Mm -hmm. uh, in order to sort of maximize its effect. And it sounds like this is more built in a way to just feel real rather than sort of enhance a mood. Yeah, the difference difference is in Resident Evil, the house is a prop. Yeah. The the house is a set, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's meant to look like a house that people lived in once, but it clearly was never that way. The Finch house is not a prop. You absolutely feel like this is where Edith lived. This yeah. is where her family lived. It also helps that it's the stories come from different points in time. Like uh, Molly, the the very first story that you'll encounter, uh, died in 1947. Hmm. Whereas uh, you know, uh, I, Barbara died, I think, in 1960. And then there's you know more modern stories as well. And then like little things, and this is. This is also not a spoiler. Um, the way you interact with the stories is different for hmm. each person. One might be a, a note that somebody wrote. Another one's a journal. Barbara's is a comic book. And the hmm. first page of the comic book. Now, if you've ever read comics from the 70s or the 60s or 70s, there would be pages selling patches for your denim jacket. Hell yeah. <laughs> And the first, Hell yeah. <laughs> the first page of Barbara's comic book is a pay, is is selling all these patches and I'm like this is so perfect. Oh my god, it's that kind of attention to detail. 
Hmm. That like, you know, and if you if you have not read those kinds of comic books, you will have no idea what that is. It will mean absolutely nothing to you. But if you have, you are like, Vroom. yes, I am buying what you're selling. I am with you. And then, I mean, there's there's other similar things that happen that are just so perfect in tone, perfect in execution. It's perhaps the best storytelling I've ever seen. Wow. Man. Yeah. So what are, are, are is what you're doing between these sort of like little little episodes into the past? Uh, does the gameplay change dramatically? Because the, there is the demo that the developers have brought around for the past couple of years that we've discussed on the show before, wherein you're you're this thing that's sort of consuming uh, everything, and right. I know that that's just one little chunk. Uh, right, I guess, right. I, I guess we might be gracing into uh, some real spoiler territory. Yeah, I, that's okay. I can I can answer that without spoiling any specifics. Mm. Um, so, uh, and this is why I expected the game to be this kind of weirdo sort of thing. But Alice, really, honestly, <laughs> hold on. She needs to go bark at the mailman. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Uh, Yay! Bark! 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 Gosh. Dave, well, it would Dave. it would not be a podcast without my dogs barking. Um, uh, okay, so the so Edith Finch is a walking simulator. <laughs> you know, I like Your interaction I, the, with the game is minimal, which is nice because you don't have to worry about the controls. Yeah. So you'll flip on some light switches, you'll turn some pages, you'll you'll turn a key, that kind of stuff. Um, but by and large, you are just letting the story be told to you. As Edith narrates, so in uh, in in Molly, which is the demo, that's that's the one where you change. And it's, I've written up this this preview, and that's the one where you're a you're a cat, and then you're an owl, and then you're a shark, and then you're a water monster, and that sort of stuff. That is that is the weirdest, most that's the outlier hmm. of the of the stories. And most of the rest of them, you take on the role of the person that the story is about. And you're doing fairly ordinary things. Hmm. You're walking around the house. You're flying a kite. You're taking pictures. Stuff like that. I, you know, I. It's funny you you said like like walking simulator, but I'm very relieved that we've gotten to a place where even just three years ago, the like walking simulator simulator was used as this horrible disparaging description of games like the Stanley Parable or uh, Gone Home or What Remains of Edith Finch. And I love that, like like everything else, that when video game people finally get used to something, that it's now something that they need to defend with all of their heart. Like, walking simulators are good now. <laughs> As opposed <laughs> to the, like, oh, it's not a game! And now it's one of your treasured genres, you nerds. <laughs> uh, how long? How long it, it, would you say it is, Susan? Because I feel like this is one of those games. You know, you said like this is like one of the most moving games you've ever played, and I feel like a lot of people would be excited by that description. But even something like A Night in the Woods, which you've been touting lately, Dave, and uh, sort of very, very different but equally emotional. It takes like eight to ten hours to play. It's, it it's just finishes two. It's two. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you could just get in there and play it. Yep. Uh, awesome. That is, I, I find that to be very essential to this sort of uh, directed 
very uh, narrative-heavy sort of thing. You also warned me. I did. Uh, you warned me, and I feel like this warning is worth bringing up for everyone. Uh, it's probably relevant to you too, Dave, since you and I are, are a real couple of dads. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of real dads. That's some, that's, I smell a sitcom. Smell... <laughs> yeah, everybody dads. keep an eye out for me and Dave's new uh, web series, A Couple of Real Dads. Um, uh, why uh, should parents maybe uh, be concerned going in? Is that too spoilery or can you... Um... It's, sort of it's okay. So, as you go through the house, this is still not spoilery. Uh, as you walk through the house, you're going to go to... The reason why you have to go through all these secret passages is because your mom sealed shut all the bedroom doors. Hmm. She didn't want any... A, after the, the bedroom was no longer being used, she sealed it shut because she didn't want anybody going in there. She does hmm. not like dwelling on the past. Okay. And then there's a nameplate on the door to let you know who used to use that room. And it has their birth and death dates on it. Hmm. Which, okay. Like, okay. Going in, you know this is about people dying. Right. Right? I this mean, is that's not, this is not, not a spoiler. Uh, that's not a surprise. Yeah. The, the whole thing is about death. Not in a creepy way, though. Like, not in a gloomy way. It's not a gloomy game at all. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Goth Star number 99. No, 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 no. With their Robert Smith tattoo. Is... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not manipulative. It's not, like, luxuriating in... You know what I mean? It's right. just your family, you know, people in your family die, and then you miss yeah. them. And it's, yeah. it's that. Okay. One of the people... In your family, who has passed was a baby. Oh, oh boy. So, <laughs> and I mean, the whole game is you experiencing the deaths of all these people in your family, which means you are going to have to deal with a baby dying. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a good thing to know ahead of time. I yeah. think I, so. I, I feel like that's that's a spoiler uh, that is uh, brought up in the best interests of the audience. Yeah, and I'm glad. I you know I feel like there there is sometimes a reticence among people. Like they they, they think that some games like some things shouldn't be uh, brought up in video games. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes you know that impulse is not just like the censorship uh impulse of being like oh you know this this should be verboten because it's too dark or too uh ugly but also like i don't want to this is video games and i don't want to deal with things like that mm -hmm. is i i feel like something that you run into sometimes sure and, yeah absolutely. and i'm glad to hear that this is something that can sort of embrace that darkness but do it in a way that feels very earned that it is yeah you know, justified it is it is kind of remarkable to say that this is this is a game in which you experience the death of an infant and yet it doesn't feel exploitative it doesn't feel crass or indecent man it's it's a very true emotional experience wow Man. And and uh, it, it's it's just masterful the way it's handled. 
What is the exact release date? It's a May release Tomorrow! Date, right? No! Oh, no, it's this week! Yeah! Damn! It is, it is uh, Tuesday. Wow, awesome. I'm playing the shit out of that this week. <laughs> I think Susan, um, I... it's part Susan, of Susan, the... I'm going to be in late on Thursday. I hope you don't mind. As my manager, I'm going to be in late. Because I'm going to play that game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait! Uh, oh. I, I think it's still... It's part of that PS... Uh, whatever promotion, so like I guess if that's you true. It today you get a discount. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. All it's right. um, I think it's twenty Done. bucks Done full so. price. And while it is certainly a of a quality that deserves that price, I know a lot of people will will feel like that's a little too high for a, such a short game, you and know. I get that. So uh, if you can pre- pre-order it at a discount, do. Because you are going to want to have played this game. This game is going to be... It is going to come up in Game of the Year conversations. I promise you. So, and also, uh, if you're interested in all in making games that have narrative, it's also a master class in different ways of telling stories. Oh, man. I You know, can, can we talk about the, the, the cost issue? Sure. Because I, like... I, whenever I hear somebody say, oh, this game is two hours long and it's $20 and why would I pay $20? Like, yes, that is a, a not insubstantial amount of money. But like, if you go to the movies, man, it's 20 bucks usually. Well, in, in New York, it's 20 bucks. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, it's still like, it's not cheap. It's like $13 to freaking get a movie ticket. Why Why would it be okay to pay $13 to watch Vin Diesel drive very fast? Well, I'm, I, okay, first of all, never. It would never be okay to do that. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not fair because it's, that's not apples to apples, right? Yeah. You go yeah, in, yeah. Being at a, at a movie, although I don't go to the theater very often anymore um, because F those prices. Yeah. But going to the movie, you're out. It's an experience. There's a big screen. There's the comfy seat. There's the, you know, uh, da, 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 da. Sure. A game is, a, is not that same experience. And other, you know, people have different criteria for how they spend their money and what they want their entertainment to do for them. And that's completely fair, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't get to, you know, someone tells, if someone says to me, like, oh, it's only a hundred bucks. What's the big deal? Like, a hundred bucks to me is a lot of freaking it's a money. a lot of money. A lot of money. So, you know, like $20 might be a lot of money to somebody. And it's it's understandable, especially with a game that is so purely narratively based. Mm. You probably aren't going to replay this. It's a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like replaying. I like replaying my games, especially, like, even if they are, uh, you're going to get the exact same experience every single time. That's just sort of. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I total, I do get the perspective of like, this is not a thing that I'm going to play more than once. And why would I pay $20 for it? Yeah. Even though it's very worth it. Um, well, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's always very edifying to see one of these games that looks so promising in the preview state come out really good in the finished form. Yeah. So that's awesome. That is so cool. Um, man, I'm looking forward to playing it. Is it is it secretly a Gone Home sequel, Susan? <laughs> is it, or is it a Gone Home prequel? No, it's it's actually uh, the long lost sequel to Blackthorn. Oh my god! <laughs> I... <laughs> Can we just like look? We said before the show that I wasn't going to talk about Blackthorn. 
But can we just be clear that Blackthorn is a great game? <laughs> you can Blackthorn's... shoot your shotgun over behind your back. You can shoot a shotgun behind your back, and you got you got a nice tank top and some shades. I like that the character looks like Tommy Wiseau. And he does. He really he does. Ha- like, he actually does. Like, like Tommy Wiseau not... in his roadie years. Yeah, it's well, it's like Tommy Wiseau, like, in his head. Like, this is who <laughs> yes. that man clearly <laughs> thinks he is. And I like imagining that Blackthorn is like a substantiation of what he thought he was making when he made the room. Like, oh, hi, like, alien. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's oh. the thing. I, I've, I've never seen it, and I'm not gonna, because no. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's... I, I've, only, I've only read the book about the making of it, Susan. I've actually oh, never seen it. Oh, now that's interesting. See that? I would... Yeah. Read That's the disaster artist. The disaster artist is they're a making a movie. Fascinating actually. book. Yeah, uh, we're in Jane Franco. You get oh, a piping hot play to Franco. As, I uh, cannot stand that man. I will Why say, do you though, hate Dan- like? It seems like the role that James Franco was born to play as Tommy yeah. Russo. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I like. I like. Uh, I I like James Franco. He's like the, here's the, the thing. He is an excellent actor. I cannot argue that point. At all, right? I just want to punch his smarmy face. See, I th- I think that he is. I, I think that he would openly admit that he is a punchable human being. Like I mm. think I think he knows it. Okay. I, I I will. The thing that endeared me to Franco was he was on. I, he was on some talk show at some point, and they were like, "What are you up to these days?" And it was clearly like the canned, you know, tell us about your dumb movie. Right or whatever his billion and one projects, what freaking PhD or poetry book or blah blah. He blah, does blah, blah. he does a lot of wacky stuff. He does, He's a very intelligent a, man. Right, and his answer was he was like, "Well, me and my girlfriend just made a sex tape, <laughs> and it was clearly like this is not in the pre-interview. Wow, <laughs> they're okay. off script, and he's he he goes, they're like, really, you made a sex tape, and he was like, yeah, and you know. It is awful. It is just <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done. And he's like, you don't realize that that's a skill looking good on camera. I was like, good on you, man. Yeah. yeah I'm proud true. of you, Franco. Well done. Speaking of sex tapes, Dave, you've been playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yes! King of the Transition! You, that, that, is, that is a beautiful segue, sir. <laughs> Oh my God. King of the Segway. Uh, I yeah. don't know where to go from here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, but, okay. Yeah. Okay. Where does this fit into the oh, Kingdom Hearts? It's a remake of one and two. It is. Ah, it, okay. So it, so yeah. Last last month, uh, Square released. Uh, so on the PS3, they released remakes of uh, one and two separately. Uh, there's. Uh, remix 1.5 and then there was remix 2.5 and uh, oh. the reason why they call they're called that is not just because they contain one and two individually but they also contain um, the the first one contains uh, what chain of memories the ps2 game in HD as well as one of the cu- the cutscenes from one of the DS games in full HD and then the second one has the PSP game birth by sleep in addition to Kingdom Hearts 2 and another set of cutscenes. Uh, so what the PS4 version did is it 
took these two separate games, which cost like $30 each individually, smushed them both together, so you get six games in one package, and uh, it's $50, and everything runs at 60 frames a second, uh, 1080p, um, all the features that have been included uh, before. I don't think there's anything new, other than just the fact that it's like all of them on one platform. So basically the idea is, is that with 1.5 and 2.5 together, and then with 2.8 that came out in January... 2.8? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the one I reviewed that you were like, I don't understand what any of this means. I don't... I... <laughs> and then uh, with 3 supposedly coming out within the next 15 years on PS4, uh, the PS4 will be like your one-stop shop for everything you need to, to know to, to play Kingdom Hearts. Uh, which is kind of cool, I guess. Like, like one of my biggest complaints is like, okay, well, if you're expecting everyone to be able to catch up on this story for the third game, and you're expecting them to own like eight different platforms, yeah, that's that's pretty BS. Yeah, yeah. So them basically the only one that's not included that is supposedly part of the story is their whatever their dumb Unchained mobile game is, uh, which is like I'm not playing that. Like you, you can't pay me dollars to play that game, uh. So, so yeah. So I've I've been kind of slowly working my way through them because I remember liking one and two when I was a kid. I never played the other ones. Uh, my daughter was playing some of those uh, last year on PS3. So now that I have them on PS4, we're just gonna kind of continue from here. And uh, yeah, like Kingdom Hearts one point five, like visually, it's got a good look to it. Like, uh, the, the PS2, the, it, it has this, like, old PS2 look where all of the textures are very, like, kind of flat and pastel, but it all works, and mm-hmm. all of it running at, like, 60 frames a second with a high resolution, they up, uh, upgraded the textures. Like, it's got a good look to it. Uh, the, the, everything else is bad. <laughs> like, the, the combat is just really stiff, the level design is just... It is like compl- like complicated f- that in a way that I am just okay. So each of the levels, uh, you go to these individual Disney worlds, right? And uh, when you go there, it's like okay, so you have a goal in this area, like the Alice in Wonderlands. Like you have to save Alice from uh, you know from imprisonment. She's on trial because the queen, because the movie. Like okay, so what you do is you go th- go to this forest area. And the forest area is like kill a bunch of monsters here activate this one thing, run back to the courtroom area, and then do a thing there, then run back into the, the little uh, staging area where you can grow bigger or smaller than that doorknob guy is. You do a thing there. You go back to the forest. You unlock Ugh. a new thing, which moves you forward. So the levels are, themselves are actually really small. They're only, like, three or four screens each. But they're so... Like, the pathways are so convoluted and, and tucked in on each other that it's just, it's so needlessly complicated. Uh, yeah. And, like, it, it makes the levels feel bigger than they are, which I guess is kind of impressive, considering that, like, that was a PS2 game that I remember felt really big, and going back to it now, it's like, oh, no, this game is actually really small. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, uh, I've had to, like, consult a guide a few times going, like, what? where am I supposed to go now? And it's just, no, you just have to go back to this room and talk to this person that, like, the game doesn't tell you that you have to do. They've gotten, like, the thing is, too, is is you want to say that this has improved with time as this series has gone on, 
but only marginally. <laughs> like, even, even Dream Drop Distance. The funny thing is, is when you play Dream Drop Distance, which is the most recent full Kingdom Hearts game that came out 2012 on the 3DS and is included in Kingdom Hearts 2.8, Susan. Hence the confusing name, because it's... I don't... I know. It's between... It's between two and three. <laughs> that's, that's what they're getting at. But Dream hey, Drop Distance... Hearts... 2.8 HD Final Chapter Prologue. Yeah. Is the exactly. full name of that game. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. So, and, you know, as, as a normal human would name a video game. <laughs> it is... Uh, like, at least in Dream Drop Distance, the stages actually are big. They yeah. created, like, this whole new system of movement where you 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 can sort of, like, dash off of walls and do all this acrobatic stuff, and they made the environments bigger to accommodate that, and yet they're still convolutedly, like, mixed together, and they never really get good about telling you where you're supposed to go. Yeah. I, re I really hope... So, it, I, don't, I don't know if you saw this yet, Dave, but Square Enix put out... For, for their Japan studio, a like, uh, for investors, a preview of like, here are all the games that we put out in fiscal year 2017. Here are all the games that we have in, in the works for fiscal year 2018 and beyond. And beyond. And, <laughs> and beyond. And Kingdom Hearts does not have a coming out in 2017 nope. thing next to it. Not, neither just, does the Final Fantasy not, VII remake. Neither does, does Final Fantasy VII no. remake. And I like I'm hoping that they're taking their time because it's going to be a game that like actually makes sense. And <laughs> you know fairness, that's not that's not what's gonna happen. The new thing in Kingdom Hearts 2.8, the new thing where you control Aqua, Susan. Susan, Aqua. she's a blue-haired Keyblade Master <laughs> who's been trapped in the underworld. So this is a game about Mickey and Minnie Mouse, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it is, like that, at least, its environments made sense. It was clear where you were supposed to go most of the time. <laughs> it was also very linear. <laughs> like, there, was, there was less exploration than in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Dave, you've played 1.5 Remix on ps3 not too long ago because you were playing it with your kids right um does the ps4 version feel demonstrably better for anybody that's weighted um i mean like you get 60 frames a second and you don't have to use a ps3 controller uh oh that's that, which is that a bonus is, yeah a bonus. which is yeah. you know yeah you, like you, you don't even have to take your ps3 on it's great like you just you leave that in in your closet or the garbage or wherever you want to leave your ps3 and you just never have to touch it and you just play it on your PS4. It's great. Um, like, yeah, the the 60 frames a second, it does, especially since the last time that I really dug into this game on my own was on PS2. Uh, 60 frames a second is a bit jarring to get used to, but now that I have it, it's like I, I don't know if I could ever go back just because it, it makes everything look and feel so much smoother. And a lot of the patches have... Um, like, one of the patches actually fixes a lot of the problems that people had with the game at 60 frames a second like one of the bug fixes is fixed issue with 60 frames a second in kingdom hearts 2 because i guess there was like a boss or like something in that game where 60 frames a second broke the game uh so so that's fixed which is good a lot of people were wondering uh that it wasn't going to get fixed because the japanese version had been out for like two months uh but yeah as far as like 
demonstrably demonstrably better other than the 30 frames a second and just being able to play on a different platform uh it's basically the same game Um, but i mean it's i don't know it's kind of nice like even though kingdom hearts is is just like top to bottom both not a great game and just inscrutable both in plot and and where you go and (laughs) and everything and everything (laughs) and everything there is something very comforting about just going back to an old game that you remember and just getting to enjoy it again with a new set of eyes like i feel like in this constant pursuit of of this sort of the the new and the the upcoming game uh that you know we're always drawn toward the oh the, the, this new version is even prettier than the old version like sure. we don't we don't take enough time to just like kind of step back and look at the games that we really liked yeah and 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 to just just i don't know enjoy like we talk about how nostalgia can be a killer right like we we all always have these like rose tinted glasses for things that we like when we were kids and how that affects like how we view new things and like you know we still rank like link to the past is the number one game ever it's like really we're saying the games haven't gotten better in 20 years but there is something about just reveling in nostalgia and in Mm. just enjoying like a thing that you really liked and yeah. like that's like I'm as as much as I know that Kingdom Hearts is just brazenly stupid, I am <laughs> looking forward to relishing every single one of these dumb dumb video games. On the other on the other hand too, like Kingdom Hearts one is a is, is not a good video game. Like I'm like in terms of sheer functionality, right? I, and I I like everything you're saying is just so accurate and true. Like. It's it's wonderful to go back and revisit this because, you know, it, it represents a time in gaming and it's it's uh, it is a fun story, and all that jazz. But like, it was it wasn't even that good at the time, like in terms of actually playing it. Like there the were camera. Yeah, it's a hate crime. It's yeah, it's like still not great. <laughs> guys, this this was two the fall of two thousand two. This came out. It was a year after Devil May Cry. We were better at 3D games than this. <laughs> we were. We just were. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it gets better. Like, they're all... Every single Kingdom Hearts has been more fun to play than the last one. And 2.8 is a very good indicator that that will hold true with 3. Like, anybody that wants to play 1.5 for historical purposes, know that very soon you will have a... Uh, Kingdom Hearts that plays like a modern game. Like, it's not, you know, they're not all broken. Someday. Well, someday. I mean, when, when we get that game in the year 2030, it'll play like a game from 2017, which is like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Tetsuya Nomura is finally... <laughs> when he's achieved uh, ascension. When, when, when Tetsuya Nomura has been voted <laughs> off of the island. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that guy that guy um yeah uh, that and that game came out uh, that's been out for a while you can, like you end can of go, march i think is when it came out yeah you can go you can go get that yeah um you you and i have been playing another game uh that is out soon for nintendo switch and other machines we've been playing a game called tumble seed yes that is uh we, we can't talk too much about it but In i a will preview say sense in a preview sense, <laughs> in a preview sense, and I've only played like the first couple of stages, so that that holds true. 
Uh, this is a weird ass game, yes. Nintendo Switch owners. <laughs> be be aware that a weird ass game is in your future. Uh, you in Tumbleseed, you are a seed. Yes. That is also an eyeball and kind of terrifying. <laughs> yes, but like lovingly so. Like, like lovingly so. Yeah. You're a tiny little creepazoid eyeball. And you are trying to save other seeds from rain and monsters. Yes. And to do doing like that just sounds like a video game, right? Like, right. That sounds like any game between 1989 and today could be that. Uh, the, what makes it unique is the control scheme, which is not. I, I've never really played a game that feels like this. So uh, the closest. Uh analogy that i think that like and i think the developers have specifically said that they like basically they played this game in a like a bar in japan or something and like they're like let's make this a video game it's an old like physical arcade game like it's not even like a video screen it is like a wooden board with lights and a bar it's called ice cold beer (laughs) and it is the kind of like you know barcade like old old bar arcade game that you would find you know um, in a bar where sure. you basically you have a ball and you're trying you have uh, a metal bar and you have two handles and you are trying to lift this bar up this field and deposit the ball in the hole at the top and there are a bunch of holes drilled into the to the to this vertical plank of wood that the ball naturally wants to go into so you have to usually while inebriated uh (laughs) lift this metal bar up and you know try to navigate and avoid the holes and get get the ball on the top and so what the developers did was they're like let's take that and let's turn it into a roguelike um or a roguelite i i can never get those terms straight roguelite yeah who cares it's a game (laughs) that like you play and then it will reset when you die right there there is some there is a small amount of progression like there are some quests that you can complete and there's some things that you can do to that will carry over in future playthroughs of the game but it feels less like it it feels like roguelite is a very generous term yeah, I f- it's it really feels like an arcade game with mild progression in that yes. it, like the levels are once you figure out how to get past them they're pretty short uh, there yeah. are only like four of them and like I still haven't gotten to the top yet so maybe there's something afterwards I don't know but like no there there's like uh like you get breaks like there are checkpoints yeah. but you'll also it's so it. Susan is what we're saying make any sense can, can you do you have a sense of this game? I get it yeah, I get you it you got it no so, I, as yeah as you're sort of tipping this seed back and forth, trying to balance it, you'll find like huts where other seeds live or other characters. And you can go in and talk to them. Yeah. And, and there, and there I, are little plants of like, there are places that you can plant individual seeds. So you can choose what seed you want to be. And right. each seed has a different uh, value. So like one of them is a checkpoint seed. So if you fall down a hole, rather than starting all the way at the bottom, which not only makes you have to start all the way over, uh, the further you fall, the more health, the more damage you take yeah. uh, and you only have three hearts so you can place a checkpoint so if you fall in a hole you just fall there you can um, make crystals uh, so each set of like three potted areas you can uh, drop a couple crystals which will help you uh, activate more of your abilities that's basically mm-hmm. the currency of the game uh, you can uh, increase your health and you can uh, 
create spears that will surround you and protect you to from uh, against enemies that you fight. And those are the sort of the four default seed options that you get, and you can switch between them at any time. And then as you progress up this this field, you'll find additional seed types, and like they're all randomized based on you know uh, that that's where more of the rogue lady stuff comes in, where each game is procedurally generated. Um, you will get different upgrades at different times, so like certain runs will go way better for you than others. Right. Um, and you know there are daily challenges and stuff too. Uh, but yeah, I am like I'm still in the process of wrapping my head around this thing, but I'm in, in a preview sense. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Like once yeah. once I kind of let go of this idea that like uh, like that it's it's it's. Once I stopped wanting it to be like Enter the Gungeon, where it has this like really robust upgrade system and yeah, it's persistence not that. and st- no, it's a you know it's it is a cool little arcade. It's game an arcade game, can, yeah. yeah it, can... I, like, it's why the rogue, the rogue description is just sort of not relevant. Yeah, uh, I feel like because you're you're it's short session stuff. You know? Short set, like there, there is a little bit over there because, like, you can upgrade your character, you can gain new yeah. abilities, but it's it's definitely not like it's nowhere near as yeah. as robust as like uh, Binding of Isaac or sure, yeah, uh, Rogue Legacy or any of those games. Yeah, but, Binding uh, of Isaac, by the way, uh, since this is a game that we're both playing on Switch, uh, Binding of Isaac is another good Switch game that I just played for the very first time. Uh, speaking of all this stuff, but I will say it's relevant to bring that up because if you if you like this type of game, this sort of like arcadey rogue sort of ish game, um, Tumble Seed is much more pleasant to look at. Yes, Wait, there, there is a significant lack of poop. Yeah, in and around very, this game, it, it's very shiny and colorful, and like it looks like what you would imagine if uh, a local designer was selling their art book at the feminist bookstore in Portlandia. <laughs> uh, it reminds me a lot of, like, Ho Hokum, actually. Yeah! Uh, Both uh, like in, like, a... the, the art design and the music. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and the sound design. But it is way more stressful. Uh, yes. <laughs> at least until you figure out, like, the, you know, where the the sort of the the hit boxes are for your seed and falling into a hole is or how best to navigate uh and use the sort of like the physics of rolling to navigate past like large groups of holes and enemies and stuff it, mm-hmm. the first few goes of it are like you're gonna be like damn it damn it <laughs> damn it as like everything just murders you it's tricky it's tricky to get the, the the rhythm down because your your seed starts moving real quickly once yeah. it starts rolling. Uh, it's good yeah, though. though. It, yeah. It's good. It's Dave. What is the release date? The official release date? Uh, Soon. Is embargo it this week? Is May? No, embargo looks like May second. Um, May second. I think. Yeah, I think that's the release date. May second. Uh, it's either May second or May fourth because it's also this shop game. But. This spring. <laughs> yes. This next week. Twenty twenty. Look next for it next week. week. Uh, yeah, everybody. Uh, those those are the games we've been playing and and thinking about. Uh, so as we get to the end of the road, oh uh, god, yeah, that just happened. I yeah, did I did. It's it. pretty organic though. I can't even. I can't yeah. be mad. I can't. <laughs> I can't be upset about it. Uh, as we get to the end of the road, but we... before that, I just want to let everybody know I no. now own a switch. 
Yeah! I haven't... I literally have not been able to touch it yet because it got in the house and Russ was like, yes, now I can play Zelda. And so it's just... <laughs> it's just it's, disappeared. It just disappeared. Like, I know it's in the, I know it exists. I know it's in the house. I see him playing it frequently. Uh... I I haven't gotten to get anywhere near it. Have so. you have you at least been able to hold it, Susan? I, no! like, I feel like you haven't no! even I really touched. never touched a switch. <laughs> that sucks. <It's laughs> that a, is, I think it's hilarious. That's the marriagest thing I think I've ever <laughs> right? in my entire like, life. Yeah, so I got but the thing is like the poor guy, like I got it in pieces. The the collector's edition of Zelda was back in stock briefly. Oh, yeah. So, oh, not the, not the one with the sword, the next step right. down. The next, yeah, the good one. Yeah. So I snagged that. So that's been sitting on my dining room table for like ever. And it's then huge Pro ass con- box. It's a big ass box. And then the pro controllers were back in stock briefly. So I snagged one of those. And then it's just been waiting to get a switch, <laughs> which I finally achieved. So. Yeah, well, when you finally get your hands on it, I'm really curious to see what you think of the Joy-Cons. Me, me too! I, I love those things, man. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to tell you what I know about them. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, end of the road, sorry. Yeah, end of the road, end of the road. I, I think our, our parting message for this substantiation of Radio Radar, uh, it may continue, it may not. We wanted to... Just walk away by by telling you if you if you love video games, and this is primarily a video game show, despite yelling about Rogue One every now and again. That movie uh, sucks. It's so bad. It's so it's, fucking. It's but it's fuck. it's it okay. It it has some issues, but it's not as bad once you know it's bad. Yes, it's like exactly. Prometheus. It's okay. like Prometheus that way. Yeah. It it but like here here is okay. <laughs> we're not we're not gonna go too far down this rabbit hole <laughs> just like just like a yeah. foot deep just, just like, like a foot just let me let me put my toe in this water Here exactly yeah difference. prometheus is a movie that at least like i think its characters act like complete assholes that is that is correct and that's it that's frustrating like it's poorly written in that way yeah but it is a well-made movie with yes. a three-act structure there is a true. beginning there's a middle and an end. It is comprehensively told. You know who everybody is. They True. act like assholes, but you at least understand their wants and desires, if not their choices. Serpentine! They don't, they don't act like people. They don't. <laughs> they, just, they don't act they don't, like people with a shred like, of common yeah. sense. But okay, whatever. At all. It's fine. Rogue One does not function as a movie. There are things that are filmed in it. <laughs> Like ghost but if, talks like this. It's very intense. No, I told you, Dave, that the only reason Forrest Whitaker talks like that in Rogue One is that he's drunk and making fun of Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter Ascending. Okay, that's yeah. all oh, that's that, happening. I like that. I like. Right. Can, that, can that be canon? I enjoy that. I think that is like we're officially. This is it, everybody. This is now Disney verse Star Wars canon. Uh... <laughs> Hayden Christensen oh. is at the end of Return of the Jedi, and Forrest Whitaker hates Eddie Redman. Canonical. I, I, I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> I saw Suicide Squad. Oh my goodness! I am All right. fascinated by this movie. Yeah. So let me just say up front, Susan, okay. I caught some of your live tweeting of yes. your Suicide Squad viewing after the fact. Yeah. Uh, I saw all these a day later, and 
You said something that intrigued me. You said, I can see the parts of a good movie here. I can. What were those parts? <laughs> and can you describe them? Because I think we saw different film. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. No, totally, totally, totally. Okay, 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 okay. So, first of all, uh, Harley Quinn and Deadshot are both really well done. Their relationship both to each other and to Flag yes. works. That Technically. It all works really, really well. The problem, and this is this it's so clear that they weren't so so in the in the movie, they they send the suicide squad to go rescue a high value target. By the way, they just say HVT. <laughs> they never explain that HVT stands for high value target. Yeah. Which is bad storytelling. Yes. But and it is, and in the movie, it ends up being Amanda Waller. It is so obvious that that was not the original intent. Yeah. They, they, they cut and pasted that in as best they possibly could. It makes <laughs> no sense. But, it, like, supposedly they were originally actually going after Bruce Wayne. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, that would have been a much interesting, more interesting movie. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So supposedly, like, and if you if you think like, okay, so if if they had taken this arc, and they they go, and now they're trying to rescue. They don't know he's Batman, but they're trying to rescue Bruce Wayne. That's very interesting. So okay, first of all, like, cut out half the characters. Also, the the Diablo character, I really liked his presentation. Right, like he he comes. You mean like the 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 look of him and his like personality, the the arc of his character. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, there there is he's the only character with an arc. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say his powers are distractingly bad. They are. You're not I like. Wrong. I'm talking like like worse than CG deer on Walking Dead. Worse than it's... ropes made of metal, like. That's Slipknot. Oh, God, what? (laughs) Slipknot is in there solely, solely to get his head blown off. Yep. And that's, and that's like, there, and I compared the characters in Suicide Squad to the weapons in a Zelda game because you you use them for one specific thing and then they're just in your inventory the rest of the time taking up space. (laughs) With the exception of Deadshot and, and Harley, who are wonderful. And like, okay, Jared Leto's Joker, I don't know what he's doing. Most of the time. Like, he's in a whole other movie. Like, I think he's in Jupiter Ascending with Eddie Redmayne. Because <laughs> I don't... He's totally... He's so... Although, supposedly, there was a lot more Joker, but it was very, very dark. And so that's why there's hardly any of him. And that's why the tonal shift is there. Yeah. But the one thing that it does get right is that he and Harley are devoted to each other. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I can see that. Yeah. Like, at least that, like, that, that essence is there? Yeah, the essence it's again, is there. Whenever they're together on screen, though, yeah, there is so little natural chemistry. That is entirely correct. People. Yes. Like, again, like you said, like, Deadshot and Harley Quinn are the things that are, are, that work in the movie. Yes. And it's because I think that that Margot Robbie and Will Smith were the only people that were remembered they were human beings. Yes. And had to do human things like breathe and eat food. Yeah. And exist. Yeah. Whereas but- everybody else was clearly told to be a terrifying robot. 
uh, who makes no sense. Who makes no sense. And and okay, so the 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 one piece of evidence I have that buried in the thing that is Suicide Squad, there there was originally a potential for a good movie. Is spoiler alert. Uh, after so the Joker rescues Harley, and they're making their getaway in a helicopter, and then. The cops, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> shoot down, shoot down the helicopter, and she believes he's dead. And it's pouring rain, and she's sitting on top of a car, and is just broken. She's just heartbroken. This thing that mattered most to her in the entire world is now gone. And who is who is she? And what purpose does she have? And and Margot Robbie portrays this moment perfectly and then the rest of the suicide squad comes downstairs and she quickly kind of puts on a happy face and goes back to being harley and and deadshot sees that Mm -hmm. and there's this this really human moment between the two of them and then the movie goes back to being fucking ridiculous with is is that is that a sign of that there could have been a good movie or is it just a sign that those are two really talented people both i think both? Because it's a little bit be- of both? It's a little bit of both because the moment is they are in the script. Yeah. Right? Like there's, you know, it probably just said like, Harley is sad. But yeah. it's it's there. Like it re- it takes a moment to recognize that Harley is a, yeah, she's wackadoo, but there's a woman in there right. with, a, with a complex relationship with this other character. Um, so yeah, but then... But then get... Jock Jam's Witch Pants comes back? Jock, Jock Jam's Witch Pants? <laughs> Jock... I don't... And then... And this is this is my favorite part of the movie. I just love this. Okay, so Enchantress's made-up brother gets her heart back for her and shoves it in there, and she's making a machine. Why? Who knows? I don't know. What does it do? <laughs> nobody nobody has any idea. She doesn't even know. She because she has to ask Waller. Like, okay, yeah. cool. I'm almost done. But how do I kill people with it? Like, mm-hmm. what? I don't. Right? She's. I don't know what they were going for with the effect, but she is wiggling like she has to pee. Yep, that is exactly what it looks like. Real exact- bad. Yep. And, and she's like, hey, I'm making smoke machine monsters, and I gotta pee. And it's, it makes no sense. So While I- she's surrounded by computer-generated effects that look like they were discarded by the people making those 1994 Kevin Sorbo Hercules movies. Like, yeah. Like, we can't use these. They look so bad. Yeah. Let's throw them out. And then put them in this Warner Brothers movie. This is very years. insulting, you guys. This is this isn't for the critics. I'll have you know. This is for the fans. <laughs> Which, like, God, what a thing to say, right? Like, how insulting. Yeah, like I gotta say, this is one of my favorite bad movies. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. I I will watch this movie every single time it's on. It is it is bad. Extra bold. Extra bold. It, it is it is bad, but. Uh, I, I just for just for Harley and Deadshot, I will I will watch it every time because they are wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It doesn't drop into like Jupiter ascending territory for me, where it's so batshit insane and bad that I like that I end up glorying in it. Suicide Squad get like the moments of glorious badness are so infrequent. And That's so sur- uh, surrounded by like, uh, like cruelty is not the word. Just meanness 
and not like good natured like the Suicide Squad comic in all of mm. its like various incarnations has like a, a charming uh, bravado t- that makes all of its very very bad people doing their dirty deeds uh, endearing and you can see like like that Margot Robbie and Will Smith got that yeah <laughs> they were like yeah. like oh like you have to be a monster but you also have to be charismatic and likable right it's everything that surrounds them yeah. like the, the the movie itself feels like a really really off-putting super bowl commercial <laughs> <laughs> if only there were just like like you see boomerang just eating doritos at yes one point. yeah i i yeah. was i was gonna say like i feel like somebody in sitting in the background just like you know just vomiting Tostitos and there's you're just not getting the effect that they desire. It is it, it you're, you're completely right that it is not gloriously bad, but I'm fascinated because you normally I am not a, an adept enough student of cinema to often recognize structural issues in a movie. Yeah. Right? Like I'm a, I'm a word person. I don't know movies, I know, I know other things. Um I can see the seams in Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I, it fascinates me because in my head, I'm fixing the movie, like, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it is it is woefully pedestrian in <laughs> most respects. Uh, but, but yes, I... Uh, also, I'm not going to pretend that my enjoyment of the movie does not have a significant uh, amount to do with Harley Quinn's shorts. Sure. Yeah. They look good on her. Yes. Those, those An- Anthony's feeling the consternation. I got a little consternation. Every now and again, I think about Margot Robbie, just like in general. Uh, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a blonde guy. Uh, hmm. I like me a raven-haired minx. Um, wow, this is getting personal. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a very it's a very Thor situation for me because uh, uh, what's it, what's his real name? Hemsworth. Yeah. That guy, out of character, yeah, I mean, I recognize that he's an attractive man, but I don't care. Right. Stick him in the Thor outfit, hi, and, let's yeah. have a conversation. Same thing. Like, as as Harley Quinn, I will do your laundry. Like, whatever you need. <laughs> do I'll, you I'll, need I'll, me I'll, to do your socks? I'll yeah, do the like socks. outside of that character, like, again, obviously a very attractive woman, but eh. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's, let's bring it on home. Uh, yeah, so back our, to what you were saying about the intro. Right. Before we started talking about the two movies that I think this podcast hates more than anything and has devoted an inordinate amount of time to them. Oh, no, The, the Revenant's pretty bad, too. I was about to say The Revenant is just bad. Uh, we, we, wanted, we wanted to leave you with a parting message of, uh, since this is primarily a gaming podcast, we wanted to leave you with a recommendation from each of us of one game that you should just play. Seek it out on any platform that it is available for and put it in your life because we think these are the games that uh, that you should play and they will make your life better. And I will I will throw mine right out there and I won't belabor the point I, because I feel like talking about it too much would ruin its better points, but go play Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle a platformer for the original PlayStation. It is available on PlayStation Network now uh, and available if you can find one of the old PS1 discs that will work. You can play it on any PlayStation machine except for your PS4. God damn it. But if you 
Like, you, you can download it, and if you still have a PSP, or if you have a PS Vita, you can play it on either of those, or your PS3, or a PlayStation 2, or a PS1, if you have the disc. Uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful game, uh, created by a guy named Hideo Yoshizawa, who was sort of like a founda- foundational designer of platformers. He made Ninja Gaiden for the NES back in the day. And this is a game starring a furry little cat man in a blue ball cap with a Pac-Man logo on it. And he lives in a very strange world uh, called Door to Phantom Isle, uh, or called Phantom Isle, rather. And it is being taken apart by by somebody who's not very nice. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. It, it's an excellent platformer if you like games about jumping on things. It has a unique mechanic wherein you can blow up enemies. You have a magic ring, and it inflates enemies like they're balloons. And then when you're holding them, you can throw them at other enemies, or you can use them to jump off of in midair. You have a natural double jump in the world. And it creates all sorts of really, really interesting challenges. It has a sort of cartoony, bright look that is unlike anything else. It's not really anime-ish, but it's also not, you know, uh, Disney-ish. It's its own thing. And it has a story that I think is one of the most beautiful things I've just ever experienced in my life. I've never gotten over it. And it is in large part why uh, I even write about video games or or am in in this industry or know these two wonderful people that are on this podcast. So, play that game. Uh, Dave, what is yours? Okay, so this is a little weird. Because I don't think that it has aged particularly well as far as, like, gameplay mechanics, but I would recommend uh, Parappa the Rapper uh, on PS... You can get it on PS4 right now. It's uh, 15 bucks on PSN. Uh, you play it on PSP and P- with the and on Vita with the PSP version on PS, uh, PSN. It's a PS1 game. Uh, the, the rhythm game part of it was always broken. It was never great. <laughs> It was sure. never a great like, rhythm game. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, oh, this, like, all oh, the timing's off, and it's... No, it was always bad. It was yeah. always bad. Your memories just glossed over it because the jams are that dope. They're good. It's good music. It's just... It's got this bouncy, bubbly style. Uh, you are better off just making up your own hip-hop beat with the buttons as you play and you will probably get higher scores rather than actually trying to copy what's on the screen but man like those songs like i still hum you know kick punch it's all in the mind (laughs) check and turn signal to the right like i i still hum those things like today and the, the the hd upgrade actually like keeps a lot of that style that like 2d paper art in a 3d space like intact while still like modernizing um the look and feel of it in some in some ways so like yeah that is it's happy it's fun the music will stick with you probably for the rest of your life and you know like all things in the 90s uh, it's cool again. We have a new Jamiroquai album out, and it's good. So, it actually is. So, you know, uh, Jinko Jeans are back. Prap is back. Uh, the... Okay, Jinko Jeans are back. Jinko Stop. Jeans are no. not back. Yes, they are. They're coming back. They're back in your heart. <laughs> I mean, like, they're making them again. 
uh, soul is wearing them. But uh, the spirit of the '90s is alive on your PlayStation Four. Cool. Yeah. Susan. Okay. When we say make your life better, are we are we going for like a something that will fill your heart with joy? Oh uh, or... no, no. I I, I leave that uh, that that to interpretation. Anything that will make your life better. You could say we fit. And ah. and and be like push-ups make your life better. Uh, any any interpretation of that statement. Gosh, okay, I have, I have so many. Um, but I <laughs> I think, I think I will go with puppeteer. Oh, good one. Yeah, that, puppeteer that's... did not get like. See, normally, uh, before a month ago, I I would have to say persona because not enough people had actually tried Persona because they're not into JRPGs. But I think I really feel, feel like Persona 5 has kind of bridged that for a lot of people. And a lot of people who were never into JRPGs before have, have given it a chance. So now they know about Persona. But I'm going to go with Puppeteer, which did not get nearly enough attention when it came out. It is a platformer on PS3. And it is just so charming and funny. The music is incredible. It's unusual because it's not about jumping uh in the classic sense, you have a magic pair of scissors. And that is how you traverse the world, by cutting fabric and paper. And as long as you're cutting, you're airborne. When you stop cutting, that is when you fall to earth. And the whole thing is presented like a puppet show. You're on a stage, and there are props, and things are made out of wood and string and paper, and your head comes off. By the way, your head got bitten off (laughs) by the Moon King bear. Which is a problem, admittedly. <laughs> yeah, he, he bit off your head and he shoved you into into a, a wooden puppet. But the cool thing about that is, is you can now put different heads on. And the heads are largely cosmetic. Uh, but they, they allow you to do certain things in certain places. And, and they're one of the game's collectibles. And it's also just really fun to have a flamingo head or a teacup or a guillotine or, or you know, whatever. And it's just... It's just delightful. It's just a really, really delightful game, and yeah. I highly recommend it. So it's a good. That is a good thing, and it's long. You get it a is. lot of game in that game, and man, like the the detachable heads thing. Like you can have a sushi head, and it's one of like fifty. There are yeah, many yeah, yeah. heads. Yeah. Oh, well, guys, this is. Uh, I have enjoyed doing this show with you guys. Likewise, sir. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let me let me say, everybody, if you enjoy listening to us together, uh, I'm not saying that it's a 100% thing that it's going to happen tomorrow in some way, shape, or form, but I'm saying it's probably going to happen in some way, shape, or form. So keep an eye out. Uh, Radio Radar may continue in some way, shape, or form. You will definitely be able to read Dave Roberts' uh, writing there. Uh, at gamesradar.com for for a goodly while. Uh, But you'll be able to find Susan and I elsewhere if you enjoy what we do. Uh, We're going to keep doing it, and we cannot... I cannot thank you enough for listening to this show and reading what we write and watching our streams. And uh, I look forward to making more of those things for you elsewhere. It's been an Uh, honor playing with you both. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think you both suck, so... Damn it! <laughs> You're just what terrible you... people. I'm, just, I'm gonna take and... that with me now. And, uh... I just don't... Yeah. That, as they say, is that. Alright, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Uh, thank you. <laughs>